So hey guys, we're here with uh, the one and only, uh, one of the YouTube's most popular and controversial uh, day game coaches, uh, James Tusk, who yeah. I wanted to talk for, uh, who I wanted to talk with for several reasons. But one of the reasons is, well, a lot of many many day gamers and day game coaches they day game in one city. Mm -hmm. and what I learned when when I started uh, when I when I kind of got when I started getting really good results, I, I met the guy, I learned everything from, and he just told me a golden golden sentence. He said, "Go travel. You being good in one city doesn't mean shit." And I, I that's what I understood. That's where I learned when you go to a new city, you learn you learn day game again. And and James, you're you're the guy who lives traveling around the world as I understand the same as I do, right? Or do you have a base? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Could I just jump in and ask who was the guy that taught you? Uh, you want a name drop? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it is it like a bad, uh, bad thing if you say? No, no, not at all. I learned everything. I was one of the guys, like I didn't have much money when I was starting out. So I, I learned everything on my own and I learned from YouTube. I learned everything from Tom's material. Uh, back in the days from like daygame.com guys yeah, yeah. years that's ago like years ago <laughs> that's fine man i mean that's uh i you know a lot of guys will probably know it already but i did a boot camp seven years ago with daygame.com i was basically sitting for three months watching their content um tinder didn't exist and i tried to go out and teach myself and i just stood, stood there like a fucking is it medusa that turns you to stone and I just couldn't approach. And I did that like three weekends in a row. And at that point, I was like, look, you know, fuck this. Like anything in life, the easiest way to get, get good at something and save your most valuable to uh, asset, which is time, is actually just hire a fucking reputable coach. Daygame.com at the time were pretty cool. They just seemed like normal guys, which attracted me to it. And yeah, I did a weekend of training with uh, Tom and John Matrix. Another oh, guy called John Matrix, you know. <laughs> he now does uh, he now does cambo retreats which i'm actually on a separate note i'm doing i think i'm doing five weekends in a row coming up so this sunday if anyone doesn't know about cambo it's like this uh frog poison you put on your skin and it basically makes you fucking horribly sick for half an hour it's on there you're vomiting and afterwards you feel fucking amazing it's like a kind of a physical cleanse they say it's a physical purge that kind of goes alongside ayahuasca ayahuasca i haven't done yet but cambo is an interesting one if you're going through a bit of a detox, because at the moment I've, I've stopped drinking, I'm trying to get in really good shape before I head off to Mexico in uh, November. So it's all clean living for, for old task. But to answer your question, yeah, I, it was weird. For, for four years, I basically went around Oxford Street in London and I actually thought it was kind of cheating. If you went abroad, uh, I thought that was like, because it's like too easy. You had to do it the purest way of you have to get the number of uh, a girl during the day. Uh, if you found her in the club or a bar, it was kind of cheating. And it's crazy, like in hindsight, the mindset. But yeah, the most fun I've ever had with this shit is the last four years when I'll be basically doing what you do, which is gallivant around the globe. And as most guys will probably understand from basic sexual market economics, if you take yourself uh, as a decent value guy and you put yourself in a completely different culture miles away, just basic sexual market economics, you're a scarce asset. You know, if I go to Brazil, I have an affinity for Brazilian girls. I'm a very scarce asset. I'm a London guy who can approach. I've got confidence. I can speak a bit of Portuguese. So I can punch well up by my comparative weight compared to what I could do in London 
if that makes sense. So yeah, for me, yeah. traveling is the epitome of this stuff, and it's really something guys should look to do more. It's so limiting just learning this stuff and then restricting yourself to the one city you live in. Even if you come from a city with high proportion of very hot women like Kiev or Belgrade, something like that, the most fun you're going to have is when you're charging off, you push your comfort zone, you get on a plane, you go to a foreign place, you have all this stimulation of senses, life's on edge, and you just feel fucking alive. And, and at the end of the day, that's all that I think day game is. It's kind of tricking ourselves into just being very alive, being in the moment, jumping into that fear. And that's why it becomes very addictive as just a way of life as well. Yeah. To me, uh, day game travel is I'm cheating myself into loving day game. <laughs> cheating yourself into loving it. Yeah, because after at, at one point, I just, uh, I just, like if I'm in one city, I don't give a fuck anymore. I have, like if I, if I went back to Riga, I had, Like in 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 week or two, I would have a crazy rotation, and it would be fucking perfect. Like I could do whatever the fuck I want, and that's great, man. I, I wouldn't really bother anymore. So I I forced myself to leave Riga again after the lockdowns were over, and I just decided I'm bored. I want to put myself in a space where I don't have any regulars, where I don't have anything, and where I have to force myself to go out and. And rediscover the game and get like a new, new spark. So to me, actually, that's like a, a way to keep myself interested and engaged in game because I, I get bored once in a while. I think it's the same with me. I'd be a terrible poker player. Um, I have zero patience, and I'm very bad at cultivating and maintaining kind of long distance relationships uh, or spinning plates on a kind of a long term level. I don't bother doing it. I almost like that kind of statistic pain of going back to a new city, and I just. I have to do it from scratch, you know, because most guys hate the process of cold approach. But the guys that I know that are best at this, and there's a few guys that do work with me, like I give them work uh, from like my clients and stuff, but they're not on YouTube. Um, there's one guy, he's like a Ghanaian guy, crazy guy, uh, who actually used to work as a magic circle lawyer in London. And he quit just because he loves cold approach so much. He basically just cold approaches and he's just, I've never seen a guy get so much action, but also get so rejected, but also just, just be living that life. And he's, he's in love with the process of cold approach. So for him, obviously the site, the getting laid and, and dating hot girls, it's just a side effect of that. Most men terrified of cold approach. If you can flip that mindset to fall in love with the process of learning any skill set, you can master it. Uh, but if you have an aversion to it uh, and a real hate for it, it's hard. It's insidious to really fall in love with it. You have to learn to enjoy that pain a bit and enjoy just the process of getting better and, and think about it as social skills. Like there's a brilliant YouTube channel called Far From Average, which the guy does animated videos, some something on games, some other stuff. But one of the, the big takeaways I got from his video was he said everything you could want in life already exists and someone has it. So the key to that is, is obviously social skills because everyone already has what you want or you could ever want. And the way to get that is either get them to teach you how to do it or get, get them to give you access to it. And how do you do that? It's through speaking, it's through social skills. So if you think about it as a process of just working on your social skills and learning to communicate with the other people, you know, the other animals in your life that are the most important humans, then, you know, it's, it's kind of a cool kind of journey you can go on. Yeah, I've actually thought about this a lot lately and I'm kind of writing a script for a podcast on this topic now because you know, nice. today, like I want to talk with you in the end as we as we discussed, like about what's your view on kind of life after game 
once mm. you have like your whatever how many however many notches you think is like enough or but that's for later and uh, what, what i thought is uh, this idea of approaching hot girls and talking to whatever like 20 30 40 girls every week and it's repetitive and you do it years over years i, I kind of like when when someone from a side looks at day game they would say oh that's stupid and i kind of agree i think if all a guy can do after a year of day game is he can only do cold approach day game like on the streets and that's the only skill he has learned from it and like using the same openers and the same stacks and the same copy paste material i think that's 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 like an average level game but a high level game is where you can drop all of that and you start, you change your personality and you approach, you don't even approach, you, you talk to chicks wherever you go, whether that's work, uni, friends, parties, gym, you just do it naturally and it becomes part of yourself. Just as you said, you kind of develop that part of, uh, that part of yourself. And by the way, you, you started this podcast with a topic I thought that it's my, a very close topic uh, to me. Uh, which we maybe will touch later. It's psychedelics. <laughs> oh, nice! I, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, a, trip, I I'm a trippy the, uh, dude. <laughs> I think if I could see, I was like, "There's not a normal guy who's just got this fucking massive tattoo on his chest." Um, but before we move on, I think you make a really valuable point, which is you want this to be something you are, something not not something you do. And there's guys that speak to me. I spoke to a guy this morning on a consultation, and it, he was like. I'm, I didn't even, I didn't ask what level he is because I think levels just make no sense at all. You could have a guy that's spent with 500 women and they're all fucking buffaloes and, you know, I wouldn't even approach them. Is he an advanced guy? Fuck no. Um, so I think the concept of levels is very personal and it just means nothing. But he was like, yeah, I'm an intermediate gay, day game guy. And I was like, what does that mean to you? And he was like, well, I can go out and on Saturday if I wear my special jacket, I can approach like two girls. I'm like, you're kind of missing the point here. You've got to shift it into something you are, that very socially calibrated, emotionally calibrated, extroverted guy. As you said, he can take his chances as he goes through life. He's also just developed those social skills to a very high degree. And that is what you should be aiming for or guys should be aiming for with this. And yeah, just those kind of masters of social interaction. Um, and the more you can interact with people, it doesn't have to just be hot girls, but the more you can interact with people from stop, the more you understand about the human condition, the more you can kind of read people, uh, know how to react in, in real time, understand things like frame control, mastering the, the situation. So it, this is a fucking life skill, right? This helps you, day game done properly, um, is a life skill which helps you get better in every fucking avenue. And there's a big misconception with day game as well, just because obviously daygame.com and now me and now yourself and other guys, we put out videos of us talking to girls on the street every guy thinks day game has to be running around the street calling someone french that's not the fucking point i from pre pre-coronavirus 80 percent of my approaches was actually in shopping malls uh or in coffee shops in different places you know or i do a lot of uh i call it party day game which is like go to a fucking event like day of the dead in mexico or rio carnival and i because i like that fast escalation almost nightclub in the daytime vibe of you can make something happen super fast but it isn't just walking around a street corner yeah calling people french <laughs> that isn't what of they course. game is but there's so many myths with this stuff and 
Yeah, I'm glad I'm talking to you because I, I can already sense the vibe that you are, you know, intellectually turned on enough to understand this process and you've gone through it yourself. And it's not even about being a fucking pickup guy. Like, I don't consider myself a pickup artist. I think this, this idea of a pickup artist is outdated. It's cheesy. It conjures up images of idiots with, like, magic wands and, like, stupid feathers in their hair. This is about developing life skills as a man. And the way to do that is not sit in a club fucking drunk. It's to fucking interact with other human beings sober. And that is really what we're doing. But obviously, mainstream media doesn't want to accept that. And actually, the getting laid part, that is just a small side effect of what we're actually doing. And, and yourself and me, we're helping men kind of wake up and realize that stuff. But actually, it's about learning how to fucking interact with the world around you. The women is just a fucking small part of it. But it's very hard to convince people uh, of that because people don't want to listen and people want to pick up on the, the things like, you know, you always get these idiots like, Elliot Rogers goes on a pickup rampage and then everyone gets tainted with a fucking this brush. Um, so yeah, we, we live in a confusing world, but I hope that kind of little monologue maybe guys watching, even if it gets through to one guy, then they're like, kind of like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Like a light bulb moment in their head. Like I don't have to be a weird pickup guy to enjoy day game and get benefits from it. It's actually a lot more than that. Yeah, I don't know in your experience, but uh, you, know, you know, there's like this stereotype, stereotype about a about who are the guys that learn pickup and there's a stereotype that usually they're weird and and like let's be honest like 20% of them are really weird as fuck sure. <laughs> and and that's fine and like it's pretty cool that they discovered the game and and you've probably seen all the like transformation where this like really weird guy who doesn't even know how to interact with people not even talking about girls like becomes this really at least successful with girls and then develops that into people skills. But most guys, like the rest 80% are usually really, really cool guys that are really successful in something else, whether that's business or sports or I've worked with crazy military guys with unbelievable stories. And and, and that, that's kind of the beauty. But uh, listen, I wanted to ask you, why did you, why did you start learning uh, talking to girls on streets and running around like a crazy monkey. Why did you, how did you get into it? Oh, calling people French, yeah. Um, it, I, was, uh, I was coming out of university, um, you know, decent looking guy. Um, this was pre-dating apps. I just didn't know what I was doing. I was, I was nervous around girls, um, you know, very anxious. Uh, I grew up in a house and I do think I've, I've, I'm, I'm never going to do research into it to a high degree because it's just not kind of, it's not how I've, I, I don't think I have the time to do it properly, but I do think there is a correlation between if you don't have a lot of, you know, interaction with girls at a young age, that this dictates actually how things turn out later. Now, don't get me wrong. I know guys that have, had, that have sisters that suck with women, but it's a different kind of sucking. It's almost like the two nice guy, but they're still very comfortable around women because they've, they've grown up with sisters. I grew up with three younger brothers and I went to a private school. So all boys. So really, the first interaction I was having with girls was like 15. So if you think about anything in life, if you just didn't have that first that period of time, I think you're just going to be fucking shit and awkward around women. Just because the only interaction you've had is like your mother, like her sister, or like the occasional conversation. But I think, honestly, this, this impacts a lot on guys. So um, it's just my two cents. But I got to university. I, you know, was, I grew up in the UK, so it was the standard procedure of, UK, it's like big drinking culture, you go to the pub when you're 15. So you're used to, when you go for nights out, it's like get hammered, try and pick up a girl, you know. And this will work to an degree. Like I slept with a fair few women, but it nothing to do with anything like the kind of quality that I wanted. You know, they were not attractive women. 
I was basically big game hunting with my tranquilizer darts for, for far too many years. So uh, I saw these guys approaching on the daygame.com guys on YouTube. I was like, this is, I didn't even know what was happening. I just saw Tom Torero, um, who's not a particularly attractive guy, I, I would say, facially. And there's a really hot girl. And I didn't know what she was doing, but she was engaged. She was flicking her hair, all this stuff. I didn't know what it meant at the time or the definitions of it. But I was like, man, this is fucking amazing. You can talk to people sober and they actually like it. I just could, I blew my, blew my fucking mind. Um, so I basically watched their stuff for about two, three months. Tried to go out and teach myself. Uh, that failed. So I got in touch with them for a boot camp and then did a boot camp. And then after that, basically went out for hardcore for like doing probably a 30 week approach a week for about a year. And then ended up, I had a friend who worked for a big company in London called Kezia Noble. And he was like, she's got a job opening. Do you want to maybe do some work for her? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? I'll give it a go. Uh, I was still working in my other job in the city, corporate job. So I was doing this on the side. I really enjoyed the work I was doing for her. Um, but I could, I saw elements of her company where I was like, I wouldn't do it that way if I was running my own. So I turned 30 and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Let's, let me go all in. So I quit my corporate job and the last four years I've been doing this. So real focus on day game. And I love it, you know, makes me better as a person, just interacting with people from different cultures and, and trying to teach them, you know, people have different learning styles. I love the, uh, I love the, the way it's kind of panned out as well, because pre-COVID, obviously, like yourself, I love that travel element. So it was a big thing for me. It's like, right, get a job where I can actually work for myself because then I can dictate my own time because it's the most valuable thing we have, right? And I'm not giving it to someone else and I can be where I want to in the world. So usually for the last four years, my life has been split up. European summer, I'm in Europe, like Russia, Ukraine, Balkans, wherever. And then come uh, winter, I head off to South America because obviously the seasons are reversed. So then basically Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, place like that. And then throw in elements of Southeast Asia or US as well along the way. Um, but why did I go full time with it? I think it's just I really enjoyed the uh, genuinely helping guys. You know, it's it's really going through that process of learning day game. There's so many moments where you're like, oh, they're so cool. And I, you know, it's, it's just very rewarding to help guys through that. Um, yeah. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So wait, how many years have you been gaming now total? Probably around seven. Or oh, that's a lot. Yeah, about seven. Yeah, but so, you know, I, what I'll just say quickly is that a lot of guys think they have this misconception that you get to a certain level and then it's like done. It's like, no, social skills is very, you know, it's very based on fluidity. So if you go a period of time with not interacting with women, not practicing this stuff, you really do go backwards. So I'm very lucky in the sense that the guys I work with, we're all constantly kind of making each other up, listening to each other's conversations, giving each other feedback on body language, stuff like that. The process of getting coached and learning never ends. You know, it's a misconception. You get to this like guru level and then that's that's it. It's fucking bullshit. Like anything in life, if you're not practicing it regularly, you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So that's a big thing. And I would encourage, this isn't a plug for my coaching. Well, it can be, I don't, it doesn't matter, but I think you'll agree as well. It's super important in any skill set to get a coach. Like, you know, I don't care what you're doing, whether you're trying to get ripped at the gym or you, you want someone to do your finances for you. Leverage their expertise rather than trying to teach yourself and save yourself your most valuable asset, which is time. 
So I would say to guys who are starting off this journey, yes, use the YouTube videos to inspire you to get you out of the house. If you can actually do a few approaches yourself, that's brilliant. That's more than I achieved. But I would say just save yourself your most valuable asset, which is time and fucking commit to just hiring a good coach. It is a snake oil industry. It is unregulated. There are lots of con artists. It's a bit of a, like a Scottish court, guilty until proven innocent. So what I would look for if you're looking for guys to get a coach is do they seem reputable? Do they have client reviews? Are the videos of them teaching clients online? Are the videos of them actually approaching themselves? If those are elements there, maybe they're a cool guy. But yeah, be wary about who you give your eyes to because as, as I'm sure you've met, there's a lot of guys who are just like full of fucking hot air basically. Um, but yeah, try and find yourself a reputable coach or find yourself at least a wing in a city. Maybe get in touch with me. I've got wing groups in like 50 different countries, which they're really just, it's, it's so much easier to learn the stuff if you've got a wing with you. So when you, when you took the bootcamp, you said you went and did around 30 sets every week for like a year. And uh, in, in my experience, in my view, I view day game as something that happens in three stages. I, I have this approach to also teaching guys that there are three stages of day game. I think first is you have to get over approach anxiety and approach, approach enough. Like my kind of threshold level is like 25 sets a week. And, and that's what I always say. If you are asking, if someone asks me a technical question, oh, what do I do in this case? I will first ask, how many sets are you doing each week? And if it's 10 sets, I just say, fuck off. Don't ask technical questions. If you're not putting in the volume, there is no way you can have abundance if you're not talking to enough girls. So you will be too needy. So first deal with stage one. Yeah. Once you get once you get to 25 sets, then I think it's the technical part. And the technical part is kind of learning the skill. And uh, there are guys who can do it on their own. Like I did it on my own. And I know a few other guys who have done it on their own, only a few. And most guys, yeah, most guys in the end end up hiring a coach or, or doing some, some sort of bootcamp or training or whatever, doesn't matter. But like, that's like the technical part. So first you did the volume, you learn to do the volume on your own, then you learn the technical stuff. If you have enough time and you're able to learn on your own, learn on your own. If not, hire someone, I don't give a fuck. And then is like the third part, which is really important. And I view it, like for me, when I, when I, so how I view my kind of responsibility when I work with someone is my responsibility isn't to get them successful. It's to create an environment or a product or a system that if they do it, they'll be successful. And what I see as the biggest, um, biggest problem in, in this industry in general, it's easy to get uh, in the volume and it's easy to, to like learn the skills. For example, if someone goes on a one-on-one -on -one training or whatever, uh, it's really easy to get a guy from zero to getting laid in a few days. That's fucking easy. Like, easy as fuck. The hard part is that what happens when they go home and they don't keep going out enough. That's why I actually, when someone wants to kind of get coaching, I encourage them before that to getting to those 25 sets on their own because if they do that, then learn the skill level, then it's much easier for them to keep going out. And I, I really, like, I, I get more pleasure from helping guys than I do from day game right now, unless I'm in a really interesting city. Okay. And, and uh, for me, getting a guy laid during coaching is not that interesting. For me, the interesting part is him going home 
and then getting keep keeping getting laid. But so so what I wanted to talk about, what do you? So there are many mistakes, like not going out enough, learning from stupid material. Uh, I don't know, not going out after coaching. What do you see uh, in your experience after all the years you've been coaching? What do you see as like some of the biggest mistakes guys make that may, that kind of you know, there are guys who learn for years and never really succeed. And, and yeah. there are guys who get good in a few months. So what do you see as some of the biggest mistakes guys who keep struggling make? Um, well, I, th I think, first of all, I, I completely wholeheartedly agree with what you said. I think if a guy can be gets the stage of self-sufficiency where he's approaching 25 a week on his own, that's brilliant. He puts him in a brilliant position to do coaching. Because, yeah, as you said, one of the biggest fuck-ups for guys is just getting over that, learning to manage that anxiety of actually approaching. Because most guys, 99% of guys that do this don't approach enough, full stop. So I'd say just approaching enough, you know. There's very few guys I know that are consistently approaching, pre-COVID, pre consistently approaching 30 girls a week who had issues with their dating life. In fact, the, the only, I've taught like six or seven clients who all I did, they came out for one hour with me. And this was when I started back in, right back when teaching. And they just said, I just, they just said, look, um, what's one thing I can do now to guarantee I'll probably get success with it? And I was like, honestly, just for, for six months, commit to doing 30 approach a week. I'm still in touch with all, the, all of these guys and they're all living rock star sex lives just because they're actually just putting in the volume needed to learn this stuff. 30 approaches a week, old approach, you need that exposure to have enough conversations to actually get good with just interacting with people. And you need to be doing that number 25 or 30 because it gives you exposure because of the fact that a lot of people just won't be interested. One of the big lies of American marketing that pick up is, ah, oh, three tricks to get any girl work, you can get any girl, it's fucking bullshit. The girl's in a bad mood, she's got a husband, a dog just dies, she doesn't like your face, she doesn't like your shirt. There's so many reasons she's not going to go for you. It's just natural selection. And, but the problem is guys take that personally instead of actually just, just realizing it for what it is and putting in the numbers. So I think the biggest thing is actually just putting in enough work. 99% of guys just don't put in enough work. There's a really cool diagram. Maybe I can send it to you after or we Google that and you can put it, zoom it into the top of the screen. But it has three interlocking circles. Uh, like this and you have work hard work smart and attitude and then in the middle of those the interlocking bit of all three is success so work hard for day game 30 approaches a week work smart actually learn from your mistakes that means day game is very verbal so that means listening back to your conversations identifying what you did right and wrong and then not making the same mistake again because the first time it was a mistake the second time it was a choice Things like body language, getting someone to look at you who understands this stuff. That's working smart, not just making the same fucking mistakes. And attitude, that ability to have that positivity and resilience and just go, keep going, just keep going, keep going, keep going. If you can get those three on point, you will achieve success with this. And it makes it very simple, sound very simple, but it's actually fucking hard to do. Most guys, I'd say the biggest issue not approaching enough after that, not learning from their mistakes. So, yeah, look, don't get me wrong. There's many ways to skin a proverbial cat. You can teach yourself this. It's going to take a long time. And I, I am convinced that like anything in life, you're better to get a coach. Even if you taught the bulk of it to yourself successfully, just because you're going to have, especially with day game, sticking points, blind spots you're not aware of because you just don't know what you don't know. So 
the best, you know, if you want to do the cheapskate option, record yourself in conversation and listen back to yourself because you're going to identify issues with voice tone, voice speed, using fillers, missing the hook point, missing the topic, uh, all these elements that you're not going to know in real time. You have to listen back. If you want to do the more effective route, get a coach who can actually identify and show you what you're doing wrong and then can obviously accelerate that process. So those are the two big things I think guys are, are, are not doing. Basically trying to teach themselves and not uh, and winging it when they have zero idea. It's like if you, if the thing is like, I get quite passionate about this because again, it is my job, so it sounds like it's a plug, but it's not, it's just common sense. Like if I was wanting to be a professional boxer, I'm not gonna just teach myself a fucking YouTube. I'm gonna get a fucking, you know, decent coach. Like who can fucking put me through the motions, who can hold me accountable, who can push me, who teaches me the right technique. I'm not gonna try and teach myself. It will take like 30 years. Same with like learning guitar. I'm not just gonna try and wing it off a, off a Justin Bieber video. I'm gonna get a fucking coach, right? So I'm very passionate about the idea of getting someone, a mentor, an expert who's above you, leveraging that value. Um, it's just a no brainer for me. But some guys, they have this ego attached where they're like, I, never, I have to do this on my own. I, I can't admit defeat, you know, it's like this, this hero's journey. And I get the, I get the masculine element. I get that, but it's a foolish journey because eventually like anything in life, we just run out of time and die. And especially with day game and, and women, we do have quite a limited window. Although well, we do like, I, I'm, I'm kind of like realizing it like year after year. I'm like, okay. This just got a little tougher. Just this just got a little tougher. <laughs> but how how old how old are you now, man? I'm pretty young. I'm 32. Are you? Yes, I'm 32. Like, I, I still like some countries. In some countries, you realize, oh, like it doesn't matter where I'm from, but here it kind of does. <laughs> it's In Budapest. So and, well, Budapest is like. Uh, I don't think it matters that much here, but it still has some uh, kind of, it's not important, but it is a factor because this country, like when you come here, I know you've been here, I've been here for oh, several, over three weeks and girls here are just unbelievably, like what I, I like petite girls with tits and asses and that's all I see here. And like, they like to show those, like they are barely dressed when it's hot and it's incredible. and. When I arrived, it seemed like a heaven to me until I realized that this is a fairly traditional country and they still have, like, even though they look like they're crazy and promiscuous, uh, they not necessarily, they, 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 they aren't really, they're still fairly traditional relationship oriented. And as I've spoken on several podcasts before, if, if you are just learning and you want to go on a day game journey, this is not the place to go. You'll just get ass raped here and, and nothing's going to happen. And you're just going to have a really shitty day. We, we, have, we did this trip a year ago, a bunch of guys. We went to Belgrade knowing that it's going to be a shit show. Like knowing that it's one of the toughest places in Europe to approach. And it fucking is. And it was so bad that... Like, it's like an inside joke. We love the guys. Like, many guys in my community know him, and he's, like, friends with all, everyone, and he's, like, a really cool dude. But we, several guys had breakdowns on that guy. Quit. I think he quit the day game and became vegan. 
Oh, Which is like we made this is to like an inside joke. Like everyone still respects and loves him, but I don't know whether he games anymore. But I know that he became vegan. So that's how hardcore some of the places can be for day game. And um, well, Budapest is not that hardcore, but they're still fairly traditional. And age, it's not a big thing. It's not that important, but it still plays a role. So I agree. Yeah, we have limited window. Mostly at 32, it doesn't matter, but when you travel to certain destinations, it, it still does sometimes. Yeah, I agree. I, I think for guys watching that, that maybe aren't aware of this, um, common kind of consensus seems to be if you've got your value as a man together and you're, you're increasing it, actually kind of your peak attractiveness to the opposite sex would be 37, 38. And for most guys, that's a like mind-blown moment because most men, they have zero idea about how this shit works. Their girlfriend turns 30, the clock is ticking, she wants to have kids. The guy also thinks his value is dipping because he just has never been told. He's never been educated in this. Women know this shit inherently, men don't. And he gets married and then he sees me charging around later being like, what? You're dating like a 19-year-old? How is that possible? I'm like, oh man, I wish I'd kind of given you the rational mail before you got married, you know? Uh, but yeah, I do think you can get away with it more. So Western countries, Australia, London, US, Australia, UK, US, you're going to get a Canada, you're going to get judged more the older you get. You know, I've got a coach who works with me called the Silver Fox, who's 44. But he, yeah, he'll, he'll do very well dating Latina women in Colombia. But yeah, he can't get away with it anymore. In uh, like, when he goes back to Vancouver, they think he's a fucking pervert. And it's just the, you know, Western kind of, kind of culture. So definitely former Soviet Union, you can get away with it. And Latin America, South America, they don't care. Um, and actually, yeah, I agree with you just on just on the sense of kind of overrated or dud cities. For me, the biggest standout ones are Copenhagen, anywhere in Germany, Bucharest and Budapest. I think they're overrated. And guys Park have this obsession with going... Park Bucharest. My worst yeah. day game trip was Bucharest. Worst. It's fucking tough, man. It's tough. I, and, no, and... I didn't even day game there. I went there. Everyone, even a skinny 18-year-old, had a double chin. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And that's a big turnoff for me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Like, I mean, I went down to I went back, I went down to like their Ibiza of the summer place called Mumaya, which was uh, cool. There were some hot girls, but it was very much like gold digger game. You know, you get this gangster turns up with a Porsche, and he gets all the women, and that's all they care about down there. It was gold digger. I went down to Vamiveki, which was a bit more kind of chilled, student druggy. Policy wasn't there. And Bucharest itself, I don't know why, but Romania for me has a bizarre kind of culture with kind of religious elements mixed in and this weird dating culture and the girls are princesses and think they're hotter than they are. And it's just a fucking shit show. And it's the same with Copenhagen. Denmark is a weird one because the rest of Scandinavia, it's super easy to get laid. But for some reason, Denmark, it's not easy. Um, it's just a weird place. And Germany as a whole, fuck me. Uh, and your apologies to any German viewers out there. Don't get me wrong. I've had some good time in oh, Munich. Oh, I have some German viewers. I know that. Yeah. Well, I've had some good time in Munich. You know, don't get me wrong. Oh, it's fine. Hamburg is a very cool city. Berlin, there's some crazy nights out like Bergheim. But as a whole, I'd say it's very hard to day game to a high level there. German women just aren't that receptive. They're quite serious. And I've, I've worked with a lot of German guys. And the first thing they say to me is, James, please, please let's not do the jerk training in Germany. I can come and meet you anywhere else, even the North Pole. Let's go and bang some Eskimos. I'd rather do it there. 
inside Germany. So, so. so if you, what were some of your like craziest favorite cities to go to for for a day game? So it depends. I, I guess the different variations on this for a relaxed day game, just where it's a normal city and you're kind of getting on with it. I really like Zagreb. And I really like Belgrade. I think Belgrade's actually friendlier than Zagreb. If you know what you're doing in Belgrade, you can get laid like a, you know, you can get laid with very hot girls. And in terms of all the factors, where what I look for in a day game location, it stacks up. So very high level of English, very hot women, open to meeting foreigners, very low cost of living, very uh, pedestrianised uh, capital. So you can get a an Airbnb for like 20 euros a night, like an entire apartment just off Nesmi Hilova, the main street. Yeah. Uh, bar, keep cool bar, uh, bar, bar life, and very hot weather in summer. So it's overall, I'd say it's one of the best day game cities in the world, Belgrade. Zagreb is kind of similar, but the people are a little bit more standoffish. So you need to be a bit more persistent. They, they're not so open to meeting strangers, but you can make some cool shit happen. Uh, if you like American girls, Scottsdale's pretty good in Arizona. It has the biggest university, so I think it's called ACU, and it's in the desert, so all the girls are wearing nothing. It's got this like reputation to have smoking hot girls for no reason. I don't know why. And it also has the highest proportion of plastic surgery in America. So if you're into your older women, there's shitloads of milfs walking around. And it, yeah, people, no one knows about this shit. So if you just go there and you're a foreign guy, like you can get laid like a rock star. San Diego's a cool place, subtropical climate, very hot women. Again, just, just a cool place to go. Uh, I like San Paolo, although it actually sucks for day game, but for nights out, it's amazing. It's a lot of fun. Um, London, you know, as much as I slag it off and as much as I've traveled away from it for a long time, it's a great place to learn day game because it's a very cosmopolitan city. There's 10 million people, there's, you know, every type of vibe going on, there's women from everywhere. So you can have a very cool dating life here. Same with New York, it's like London on steroids. You have that volume, you have that variation. Um, for, uh, kind of secret place that I really liked was Budvar in Montenegro. Yeah. It's like this coastal holiday town uh, for a few months in summer. Very hot Serbian women on holiday there. Um, you can do a lot of damage in beautiful old town. The only problem is now, in the last couple of years, a cheap uh, EasyJet uh, and Ryanair budget airlines have started flying from the UK. Starbucks. Yeah, you get all these terrible, yeah. like, kind of football hooligans, so English guys being like, woo, 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 you know, ruining, scaring all these local hot girls. Like, it's like the hunter goes into the forest for the first time, and all these deer are like running away, like, looking big eye, like, who the fuck are these people? So it's kind of ruined a bit. Croatia is also quite cool. Um, some of the islands, Havar, used to be very good. Now it's a bit overrun. I, my favorite is kind of these full on party locations, though. Like I talk about, where it's like it's almost a nightclub environment during the day. You can pull girls within like, so like Rio. Rio Carnival is the best party in the world. Um, it should be on every man's bucket list. Two million people a day going wild. Um, you have some of the hottest girls from all over Brazil coming to there. They want to meet foreign guys. It's known as a single person event. There's this misconception that all Brazilian girls have like big Kim Kardashian style booties and they're all like black. It's fucking bullshit. There's so many like blonde hair, blue eyed Brazilian girls who are super hot. They're obsessed with meeting foreign men during that week. You get a lot of Brazilian guys who I know that will pretend to be from Europe to get laid with Brazilian girls. And the Brazilian girls will ID you. I get ID like loads because they don't believe I'm not Brazilian. I have to show my passport. As soon as I do it, it's game on. 
What's with the like language crazy. there? What's with the language there? Portuguese. Um, I got by for the first three years speaking no Portuguese, just speaking kind of Portanol, which is a mixture of a few Portuguese words and speaking some bad Spanish and then mixing it in English. Um, I'm 34. I've, every year I've gone there, I'm still targeting kind of the same age of women, which is like 21, 24, up to 24. Every year I go, the, the language gets better, the level of English gets better because obviously you add better Netflix. A lot of Brazilians, they, they know if they want to leave Brazil, they have to be able to speak English. So surprisingly, the level of English is not too bad, especially if you go to some of the ticketed events. Like, it'll cost you, like, 20 euros. It's, like, a fucking amazing bar party with, like, a top DJ, smoking hot talent, and the level of English there is fucking high because their level of education has been high because they've got rich parents. So not as bad as you think. If you're going for ghetto booty, expect to be doing it on Translate. But if you're going for just hot girls who hang around the cool areas like Le Blonde, which is a kind of a posh area in Rio, actually English level is quite high. But if you like Brazil as much as me and you go once and you realize you, you just keep going back, then obviously just learn Portuguese. And if you have a basis in Spanish or even Italian or French, it's not too dissimilar structurally from these languages. Pronunciation is different, but it, it's not super hard to pick up. I use a language app like italki. Where you can get a like a native teacher like ten bucks an hour, and then just practice conversation. That's what I do. So since we're talking about parties and traveling, uh, let's talk crazy day game stories. And let's like I know you do different like you do bars and you do night, but let's let's stick to day game because I think day game crazy day game stories are like of a higher value because it's easier to get a crazy story in like a Rio Carnival whether that's like on the middle of the street in uh, Kiev or, or something like that. There's a different kind of... So, so let's talk crazy. For sure. Can me, some... me, can you, do you mind pausing one sec? I'm just going to grab my laptop charger so we don't die. Sure, sure. No worries. Okay. Good, man. One second. Hey man, I'm just plugging this in now. Give me one second. Yeah, no worries. I marked the time. I'll cut it out. What's your uh, What's your plan for next few months? Um, Double and stuff. Uh, I'll stay here for, well, it depends. I have a few really good leads with some really good looking girls. So depends on how fast I close them. And if I realize I can really close them, I'll stay an extra week. If not, I'll go, I have to go back to Latvia for okay. a few weeks and, and uh, for some salmon fishing and shit like that. 
Moscow. And then I'm off to Poland because I'm coaching a guy there in Warsaw. We'll nice, probably man. like do a campaign, get some more students there because Poland is oh, very wait, open to travel. You're doing it. In, you're doing it in Wroclaw. Uh, uh, Warsaw. I Warsaw, yeah. Cool. But I, I will go camp. to Wroclaw on my own to check out the city because I've heard it's incredible. Yeah, for sure, man. If you go there, if you're planning on going there, so my co- one of my coaches is running a boot camp, 24th to 27th of September in uh, Wroclaw. So if you can time it in, definitely go down because he can show you around. He knows the city like the back of his hand. He's a really cool guy. So definitely, uh, he'll definitely like meeting you, I think. Okay, coaching in Wroclaw. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of more writing the, down those dates to like know when not to go there. <laughs> when someone's running it's a boot camp there. No, no it's, only here, it's only him and one and two students, don't worry. They won't burn. Oh, it yeah, that, it doesn't matter. Then it's fine. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, we're good to go. Okay, so we're back. And uh, so crazy stories, crazy day game stories. What are some of I the think, stories? And, and I believe like every day gamer has those stories that he has told like tens of times. So I believe you have some, some good ones. Yeah. Um, for me, I think, I mean, the obvious one that stands out would be the second day of the day game.com bootcamp. I got a same day lay with a Brazilian girl, um, which kind of was crazy because I just didn't. You know, you're in that stage of like un- unconscious incompetence, you know, you, that first stage of learning, you're just running around like a head sick and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Uh, but it just worked out, you know, I, I met her literally, we were just walking on the street, stopped her, uh, ran out of stuff to say, so I was just like, let's go for coffee. And then we went to Starbucks and I sat there and she just liked me, you know, and I think that's probably what's what created this love of Brazilian women I have, of just, they're so easy to get on with and so easy to talk to. Um, I actually then did the cardinal sin, which is not actually go for it then and there. I just, because I actually had a date behind up with someone else. So I said, oh yeah, we'll catch up later. And then went to this other date with a girl I'd actually been kind of seeing for a bit. And I was just thinking, on the date thinking, what am I doing? Like this Brazilian girl is so much hotter. So I left the, uh, I left the other girl and went and met the Brazilian and took her back to my house and it was game on. And she actually left the next day, the, the Brazilian, and I think that probably had a lot, a lot, a big element to it of actually most of the time, it's not even you, it's really just the circumstance. And she was obviously last day in London, oh, I want to get laid. And I was just the right guy at the right time at the right place. And I think that's underrated as a thing, just, just putting yourself in these positions. And, you know, there's been loads of times where I've got laid where I don't think the girl was particularly into me, but I was just the right guy at the right time. And she decided it was game on. So, yeah, that was an interesting one. Um, I thought I went through a stage of like for the first uh, when I started traveling, but I was really, really trying to just go for the same day stuff because um, I found it exciting. Um, and I just had stories of like just trying to have sex with girls in public places a lot. So, you know, banging them in toilets, hotel bars. I went through a stage of not taking my phone out. And I have to have sex, with, you know, if I'm, I'm just only going for same day, uh, instant dates. And then I had these spots, there was like two coffee shops and two like hotels with like cool bars and big disabled toilets where I would always try and take girls. Uh, so a few times in London that happened and it was cool. Um, and it was just fun to just kind of push yourself because it, I think one of the things in day game that becomes, as you said, a thing is people get into their own comfort zone with it and you start becoming that guy who's just going out 
I'm going to do my approaches, I'm going to get my phone numbers, I'm going to text and see what happens. And yes, it's a consistent way of doing it, but it becomes boring, basically. And so you need to spice it up for yourself. And I think for me, that was a cool thing to do, just, just not allowing myself to have the phone, because then I couldn't take the number, take the safe option, I had to go for it then and there. Um, and I always found the best kind of results from like the crazy, like same day lays were coming when I was coming from a position of real horniness. So I hadn't, I'm not against, I'm not like some no fat religious guy, but I do think you shouldn't wank too much because it does drain you. Um, and you should definitely cut out porn. When I've been hitting the gym hard, eating clean, all this stuff, my testosterone levels are naturally fucking through the roof. Uh, so going out with that inherent horniness means, means it's a lot easier to make it happen because you're doing everything from a position of trying to get laid, not needing validation. So you don't give a fuck about the rejections and you just keep going until you get laid. So that's kind of when the crazy stories happened. Uh, the, the, the one that made me kind of, um, I guess, kind of heart shattering in the biggest way in, in a, in a way, or, or these moments where you realize you're getting good at this stuff, but it's also kind of emotionally, uh, soul destroying is when you start basically sleeping with girls with, um, who have boyfriends. I do think that is an indicator that you're starting to really put yourself across as a bit of a player. I'm not saying you should go out and target women who have boyfriends. I know but guys that fine. do that. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a bit disingenuous. That's the thing. Like, I, I don't want to go out to be a, a homewrecker. If it happens, it happens. But I'm not deliberately targeting them. But, yeah, part of you, like, when you start sleeping with girls with boyfriends, part of you dies inside because you're like, you know, I, was, I, I remember one time waking up with a girl just fucking with her son horrendous BDSM sex and literally one minute later we've just finished so the phone rings and it's like oh hey honey I'm just with the girls doing makeup it's like no you're fucking not you're lying next to me but just the ability for them to switch you know and, and just compartmentalize craziness um, and the, you know if you're going to get cheated on as a guy you're never going to know unless the girl wants you to know yes. she wants to rub it you're like, never face. knowing that shit yeah no, you never, you never fucking know. Unless she wants you to, to like break you emotionally and rub your face in it, she's not going to tell you. Um, so yeah, there was a there was a stage a couple of years in when I kind of knew I was getting good at games. I'd sleep with lots of women with boyfriends, so I was coming across that real far sex player guy, fulfilling that need for them. Every time I slept with them, no part of that Disney romance side of me was dying because it's just the reality of what this actually is. We're fucking animals. The sexual marketplace is a harsh market can't sugarcoat it you know you can't live a lie but I remember one time it's not strictly day game so it's cheating a bit but I was in a bar in Colombia uh, and I just finished teaching a guy day game and I was sitting there drinking a beer it's like a long bar quite dark and dingy like a cool place and there was a barmaid uh, who was kind of looking at me and I could tell straight away like she likes how I look and she's kind of you know it's quite busy she's serving like uh, from behind the bar and there's another guy there who like keeps coming and talking to her and I'm thinking is this guy the boyfriend so I turn to this guy on my left and, and we just get in a, into a conversation and he's like a regular of the bar and I'm like so what's the dynamic with the girl and the guy and they, he's like oh yeah they've been dating for a while like they're quite serious anyway um, the guy behind the bar actually ends up leaving they have a bit of an argument the girl and the guy behind the bar who are serving and the guy storms out um, and I'm just like, okay, that's weird. And the girl's like, she's obviously like a little bit turned on by the, I think the, the drama, uh, but she gives, she's really eye fucking me as well for the next like 
few minutes. So she ends up coming kind of like cleaning glasses near where I am. So I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, hey, I'm James. Uh, nice to meet you. And she's like, I'm Maria or whatever. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, I don't want to step on any toes, but I think you're quite nice looking. And she's like, what are you going to do about it? And I was like thinking in the moment, okay, fuck. Like, if I'd been a new guy, I'd have frozen to the spot. I think because I've had a bit of experience, I was like, right, you smell the window of opportunity. And once that closes, you're fucked, right? You have very small windows when we give you if you miss those. You're never getting that again. So I'd just come back from the bathroom, which was like down and upstairs in a different part of the bar, and it was a big disabled like toilet. So I was like, meet me in the bathroom in two minutes. And then I just walked off. I just left my chair, left my beer, walked up there, obviously thinking this is a fucking Hail Mary. I'm, I'm either going to get kicked out of the bar or just nothing's going to happen. But I walk into the bathroom, and literally two minutes later, there's a knock on the door. She comes in, we have sex fucking quickly. Um, she goes back down. I go back down. Ten minutes later, the boyfriend comes back. She, no, no one's ever going to know, you know. And it's just this kind of uh, this secret society shit of this crazy shit happens. And the boyfriend never knows. Um, you know, only we know. Um, but it's just insane what you can get away with doing if you're actually reading signals. You know, women communicate so effectively and, and so vehemently on this subcommunication element where a thousand looks can say a different thing as a man you know if you can learn to just read eye contact in women and other people um it's so important and that's the guys that you know some of the guys that are the best at this that i know it looks like what they're doing is actually super normal but they're just everything's done with the eyes you know the subcommunication so I'd say that's probably the next level, guys, to get to is where you're communicating, you're very expressive with the eye contact, and you're really able to understand what a woman's thinking by based on what she's, you know, how she's coming across. Because it's very subtle, you know, to the average guy, they don't even notice a fucking indicator of interest, right? Let alone act on it, let alone know what to do. So, yeah, again, going back to that kind of element of just being more sociable and learning to read people, it's super key. Um, yeah. But yeah, crazy, crazy. And the, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Part of you is just like, what the fuck? The weird thing with with girls that have boyfriends. Uh, well, first of all, I don't mind fucking them because usually there is something really fucked up at their home. Because if uh, and I, I'm I'm like I used to give like lectures in BDSM and I'm a BDSM guy and uh, and uh, I've had chicks like basically reach out to me. <laughs> Because their husband wouldn't come to the BDSM event, so they just want to fuck me. <laughs> but, but, the, but the weird, crazy thing about girls with boyfriends is uh, sometimes they don't even care if you leave marks. Because the boyfriend just isn't fucking them. Just, they're like, oh, don't worry about marks. Like, he just, I can hide them. He doesn't fuck me. So, like, I, I, and they don't care. And they do the craziest shit. I mean, I ha I've had like chicks send me like ten-minute-long videos of them masturbating while the husband is in another room, and, and it's just it's just fucking wild. But uh, what I like about that kind of your answer and where you took the story is that at one level, guys reach this new at at one point, guys reach this new kind of level in game where they. And it's usually once you start realizing. For you, it was sleeping with many girls that have boyfriends. For me, 
it was probably day game threesomes and, and things like that where you realize damn like this is crazy like i never expected this like fucking crazy thing to happen like, for me the craziest experience i think one of the craziest was when i opened a three set and i i the target was like this blonde young chick but i realized she's crazy crazy shy so i number close one of her friends i go on a date with the friend i fucked a friend and then I ended up having threesome with the friend and the blonde chick from the three set. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that was like, like, shit. How does it work out in practice? Like, how did the uh, other girl come in? Uh, it's, it was a long gamey thing because I slept with the friend and I knew they had had threesomes before. So I knew that I just ah, have to play it right, but I knew that it wouldn't be easy. Like she liked to play games, and now she's. I saw. I, I do this thing once a year where I sign up on the Sugar Daddy site, uh, Seeking.com, uh -huh. with an anonymous account to check out how many girls that I fucked I find there. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man! They will like, go on there. Oh shit! And like I've met, I've seen so many girls I know there, and so many girls I slept with I've seen there. It's just incredible. So anyways, I actually, last time I did it, I found that, that friend on, on that site. So, like, she, sex is something, I don't know, whether it's like a quick fix for her or, or she just never seemed to really give a fuck about sex and open up. So I fucked her and I had this regular, this really crazy chick that I was seeing for two years. She was like a very sweet, innocent girl when we started going out and then as I usually do, like, fucked her up and like opened her up to really crazy shit and we tried to set up a threesome with this friend uh, let's call her Alice and, and this regular that I had and the threesome failed three times it was the first time we set it up uh, my regular well we drank and we smoked and mix of drink, drinking and smoking ended, ended with uh, long conversations with a, with a toilet bowl <laughs> <laughs> so while she was feeling like shit, ended puking and went to sleep, I, I fucked Alice on like a kitchen table. <laughs> the threesome didn't happen. It, it failed two more times and then this threesome happened. So Alice and my regular happens. And I like, I kind of was trying to set up this threesome with Alice and the blonde girl for, for months. And it was always like, you know how when you're seeing someone for a long time, you kind of do some small things where you kind of realize, okay, I have to create a dynamic for I can ignore her a little bit more. She has to prove that she's interesting, be like in whom crazier shit. And I did many small things like that to set up the threesome eventually. And I was with, I was with, like we had this, I used to work with this huge Russian pickup company, RMES, Russian model of effective subduction. You probably know about them, and I, so I used to work with them. And uh, in in Latvia, I was doing the like everything the Latvian part. And uh, I was at this sauna party with with the with the guys, and it's like all pickup guys, and we're just getting drunk and and talking about nonsense. And I'm I'm with my bottle of vodka, and I'm wasted as fuck. So when the blonde chick and Alice post a selfie on Instagram at some bar, and I just respond like. 
to a store, hey, what are you celebrating? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're out, but, well, we forgot our IDs and we can't get in a bar. What are you up to? So when I say, oh, I'm at this crazy sauna party. It's fucking amazing. We're having fun. And she responds, oh, sounds good. Can we come along? And I, I, I guess I had my Instagram open, but I left the phone. or So I left her on, re, on red. I didn't even see the message. I leave the phone. They think I read the message. I did not. And I go away. 30 minutes later, they call like, hey, can they come over to your party? And I kind of know what it means. And I just said, listen, the party is kind of getting becoming really boring. So I was thinking about heading home. Just meet me at my place in 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. It was one of one of the the day game experiences, one of the day game reasons. It's still like I still haven't done my biggest goal. My biggest goal, and it has to be day game. It's like no no night game, no bar game, no nothing. My biggest goal is a same day lay threesome from a two set. Okay, I've I've tried it several times. I, I there was a time when when I was running two sets, I was always running the two sets so that I would kind of like kind of flirt with both of them and create this dynamic of us, but. It never. It has never happened. Uh, I'm still trying. I'll do it one day. Probably Russia will, will make. Yeah, Russia is a place where that could happen. You think? Uh, why do you think Russia? Um. Well, you know how guys say that Russia is really Russian girls are really hard to game. I just think they have shit game. <laughs> for me, the yeah, easiest girls. For me, the easiest girls to sleep with are Russian. Interesting. But that's, okay. I, I speak Russian. And no, I, I grew up in Latvia, and Latvia used to be Soviet Union. So I, I, I know the dynamic. I understand the dynamic. And I can play the game. And some of the hottest and the most amazing girls I've had, actually, I think most of the most amazing girls I've, I've slept with have been Russian. Either they have been Russians from Russia or they've been Russian girls living in Riga. They are much, much harder to sleep with compared to, I don't know, Latvian or any other like nationality that I met. Apart from places like Antwerp or where they are just, I don't know, they like to wear pants and, and work in the law offices and, and, and kind of be, be like really aggressive about it. I have nothing against it, but if, yeah. once you become like a really bitchy about it, then yeah, it's not my cup of tea. And Russian girls, they're way harder to sleep with. And if you're playing them, like you kind of have to build a good connection with them in, 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 those, in that short window of time. You can create this wonderful bubble and you kind of, I don't know, I have some really weird micro calibration where sometimes you are really gentle and soft with them. But then again, I had this time in Prague where this chick just wouldn't do anything. And I start, and she said she's so submissive. And I said, I don't think you are. And she kind of says, well, I don't know, I am. And I just gave her comments. I said, like, stand the fuck up, turn your back to me, get on your knees, like take your top off, take your bra off. Like, turn the fuck around, get my dick out, like, start playing with it. No lips, bitch, like, just your hands, okay? Hands behind your back, start sucking it. And, like, and sometimes it's like that, and sometimes it's crazy, like, micro, like, being nice, like, kind of micro-calibration things where you're, like, in a completely opposite direction, but, 
like I don't know like you you said you like Brazilian girls I love Russian girls I just and not just fucking them Russian girls are the girls I love hanging out with my regulars a lot of my regulars have been Russians just because I like them as as persons as people I don't know like I just like them outside of bedroom as well whereas Many other girls, like, they're maybe fun in bed, but they are kind of boring outside of bedroom or they don't open up, I they're agree. really shy for a long time. A Russian girl, once you get through that shield, when they open up, they're some of the nicest, softest, most amazing creatures with a really big kind of understanding of what I do, and they are fine with it. Obviously, I never tell them, like, Yo, girl, I teach guys how to get laid. <laughs> I never tell that, like, before I sleep with them. I have this rule that I sleep with the girl twice. And I always tell it after the second time. I don't know what's your experience, but for me, if I say it after the first time, she feels used. And mm. I don't want to leave. I don't want to... I, I, I respect girls. I want them to feel good about what they do. do. And I found that telling after the second time really what I'm doing... And I'm really open about it. And saying it after the second time is they feel nice. They say, oh, my God, more guys should learn that. It's so amazing that you do that. It's incredible. What's, what's your take on this? When do you tell, tell a girl what do you do for a living? Um, honestly, unless I'm seeing them, like, properly, like, you know, for a few months or a, a long period of weeks, I don't. Oh, it's, okay. just a, it's just a conversation that I don't need to have with them. Um, I... You know, outside of the UK and, and the US and stuff, girls don't really judge. Like, yeah, former Slovenian Union women or Brazilian women, they don't really give a fuck. But I just find it mires the, the waters, it makes the waters a bit more murky. It just creates problems, you know, because it's not my only like, source of income. I do dabble in a few other things as well. So I just say, you know, if girls ask, I'm like, oh, you know, I run a couple of businesses online. And to be honest, if you own it like that, and if you don't have an issue with saying it and there's no hint of weakness or like trying to be secretive there, then they don't even know. It's like if you're like, um, yeah, I kind of like, uh, and then you start acting weird, they pick up on it and they're like, okay, what is this thing? It's like a dog with a bone, you know, they're thinking like this. I know some guys that t pride themselves on being super honest, like, oh, I teach men to pick up girls. It's like, man, what are you doing? You're just shooting yourself in the face. Because people don't understand how, you know, the, the ins and outs of it. So it's just easier for me just to avoid the whole thing. If I see a girl and I want to be super honest with her, eventually I'm like, yeah, I run my own business. It's mainly helping guys with confidence uh, and helping guys date. And by that stage, they'd, they'd, I could tell them I was a fucking serial killer and they'd be fine, you know. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. But I just tend to avoid the whole thing from experience. So what's your take? Because I, uh, I, I like Russian girls in general. I, I kind of love hanging out with them. What's your kind of... I don't know, favorite nationality or, or what, like, you can take this, like, in any direction of a girl, not just to sleep with, but also to hang out with. I do, I do, I do like former Soviet Union, so Belarusian or Russian girls, they are, they are hot and they are very, they're fun to spend time with, you know, they're very feminine, so they're very easy to hang out with, they, they, they typically, the, the hot ones are very feminine, so they make you feel very masculine, which is obviously a role we like to play, whether we know it or not. You feel normal, which is you being basically forced into that masculine role. Um, I've got a thing for Brazilian women. I find them very, very fun to be around. 
they're just fun, that high energy, they're in the moment, they're playful, they're just a fuckload of fun. Colombians as well, they're pretty cool. Um, Polish girls, I quite like Polish girls, I don't know why, I've just got a weird kind of affinity, I've just had quite a big success when I've been in Warsaw before and Krakow and things and the girls just are quite nice, they're very easy to talk to, they're very kind of positive, they're light-hearted, they're quite feminine. They're ticking a lot of boxes, you know, they quite like to play the role of the woman. I'm not saying women have to do that, but it makes it quite nice to be around them because they actually enjoy doing that. You know, it's not like you're asking them to do it, they just fucking want to make you food, you know, and you're like, oh, I'll help. They're like, no, sit on the fucking sofa and drink wine like a normal man. Like, they actually get offended if you try and jump in, which is cool, you know. So I like that element. I like the girl to be a girl and not be offended by that. So I, I like former Soviet Union and then Poland because it's more, the mentality's old school. You know, they've taken feminism and the women have been like, fuck this, what is this shit? We want to be women. We don't mind spending hours getting ready. We want to cook for our man. We want to look good for him. He has to take care of us in other ways, but we're going to play that role. So I, it's a very easy role to, it's a very good kind of dynamic to have. So I agree. I think Russian women, very good, especially if you're looking to date, um, like I do, which is find someone to keep seeing. Doesn't have to be exclusive, but you're going to see them again. I've gone through the whole di- the whole times now doing like one night stands. Obviously, I'll do it in a bar in a random country, but from day gaming, it is more about when I'm going to be in that place, filtering through and finding girls. That I'm like, oh, she's a cool girl and she's hot. I can see myself spending time with her. So for me, that's super important. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And and you touched the subject of uh, of seeing girls and for for more than uh, one night stand and being kind of being there done that type of thing uh, unless you're traveling. So what's your take right now on? So you've spent years day gaming and 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 uh, sleeping with chicks. So what's your take on on game now? It's like you've made it, and I think for me. Uh, oh, let's let's start from you. What 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 do you think is like? Is there what's like that? How do you know a guy has made it in game? You know what you know what I mean. Where it's like made it, and he can like kind of kind of start thinking about what he actually wants. Because I think when guys start out and and when they kind of get their first plays in day game, they tend to fall into relationships, and that's a big, big, big trap and a big no no for from my point of view. And there is like a certain number of plays I think, or well, in my case, I look at it from perspective of plays. And other people look at it like in different measurements. Measurements. So, what's your view? What's your take on this? When has a guy made it in in game, and when it's okay to start thinking, okay, what's next? Um, I think for me, it's not necessarily about how many girls I've slept with. I think they have to have slept with a minimum of like fifty women from cold approach. But it's more about after that. It's like you can have a guy who slept with a hundred girls who still kind of doesn't really get it because he's just this guy that's like, oh, I'm a day game guy. If I'm not getting laid, it's not success. It's more about like we talked about earlier where they've actually instilled this set of social skills and habits and they're just very comfortable in their own skin. Their self-esteem is good. They're, you know, they slept with enough women to validate their ego. Um, they're kind of using this to now address other things in life, but they're still approaching. Um, I don't think you leave approaching because you get to a certain level you're like right I've fucked the hundred girl now I can hang my condoms off I think it's more like for me if I leave this thing I'm definitely going to do this for the next few years because I love traveling and love dating women but for me it would be uh, if I want to have kids for example and form a family that would be a time when maybe I'd look to, to settle into one place 
So I think everyone's everyone's goal is different, but um, and everyone's kind of when they believe they've made it is different because it's a personal journey and there's no sort of gold standard that you know objectively we can say. So I think it's a personal thing, but I think when you are yeah doing this as something, it becomes something you are, you know, rather than something you do. You're just a very confident, extroverted version of yourself. When you look back in comparison, you you take those chances. You know what to say to women. You're comfortable around women. You've had some crazy reference experiences. You've travelled. You know all these kind of elements. But there's no one size fits all for one guy. I think that's what they have to figure out on their own. And obviously, goals and priorities shifts as well as as you go through different kind of life stages with age and stuff. So what's what's in what's in your life? What what does your game what does game look in your life right now? Right now, <laughs> talking to you um, in London, I haven't been gaming much. I'm pretty much here till November. I'm focusing on building this online product and teaching guys online. Uh, the city's open. Like I've done some coaching, I've done some approaching, but I'm not focusing on it hardcore. I'm more just getting my ass to the gym and just pumping iron. I want to get shredded before I head off to Mexico in November, and then I'm going to launch myself back into it. This year has been a weird one because I mean I have been approaching. I came back from Brazil in March, and I've had some cool stories and, and dated some women in Sweden and London and stuff. But it hasn't been a major focus for me. Uh, and I think the reason for that is is because I've done it for a long time. Is you can have this kind of ebb and flow where you do take more of a backseat with it, and you're not going crazy with it, you know. And you don't. You still have some regulars, I assume, well. or someone you're. Yeah, seeing. of course. Yeah. Yeah. We all have needs. There are still, there are still um, more girls, but just the, the focus isn't on fucking as many new girls as possible right now. Not really. It's just kind of maintaining what I've got, maintaining the rotation. And yeah, I don't feel the, the other thing as well, I think after a while, is you don't, when you've done this a long time and you've kind of got to a level where you're happy with it, is you don't feel guilty taking time off. I used to get almost a reverse approach like anxiety where every single hot girl I didn't approach, I felt fucking guilty. And it's like reversing approach anxiety, where you're beating yourself up for missing every opportunity, and that's kind of weird as well. Uh, but you go, you have to go through that stage. So I definitely have that stage as well. But now it's like comfortable, and I know if I just take like a month off because I've got other priorities, I'm seeing a couple of girls. I'm not maybe taking the odd approach, you know, maybe still doing about 15 approaches a week, but I'm not going more hardcore. That I'm not going to beat myself up for that, you know, thinking I'm losing the skill set because I'm very much of the mindset of constantly trying to banter with people. So it doesn't matter whether it's the coffee, the girl serving me the coffee or the old lady at the bus stop or the receptionist at the gym or whoever it is, I'm always exercising those social skills. Um, so when you don't hold approach for a while and you just understand it's about being playfulness and bantering the whole time and you're constantly doing that, even if you have a, a like a deload month of your only doing 10 approaches a week for like four or five weeks, you're not actually getting worse, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, um, I don't advocate beginners do that. You can't get away no, no, with no. doing that. I'm talking about experienced guys who, yeah, yeah, that's that's you what have I want to be putting in the wrap. But um, when I, yeah, I mean, this year's been a weird year. Come mid-November when I head off to Mexico for a month, I'm going to go hardcore there. I'll be approaching a lot, doing a lot of damage, and then obviously January, hopefully Colombia, Brazil, February. I'm going to be on firing rules and just there. So a typical week for me in one of these places would be minimum 50, 60 approaches a week. If I go to a new place, I've got new new leads. The first two days, if I arrive on a Wednesday, usually Wednesdays get settled in for Airbnb, stock up some supplies from the supermarket, get the SIM card, the local phone thing, find a gym, 
And then Thursday is when I fucking go hammer and tongs. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I usually go crazy with the approaching, probably aim to do 30 approaches a day. So almost 100 in three days. Find what's, you know, filter through the hot leads and start going on dates. And sometimes I'll quite blind on Tinder as well. Um, I really don't recommend using Tinder, but just to get the ball rolling in a new city, if you can set up a couple of dates in advance, the worst that happens as you go along, the girl isn't hot and you milk her for information about the place if you don't know her much. And it just gets you into that momentum of actually going on a date with a girl. Um, so that's typically what I look like when I land in a city, how, how I'd recommend to do it. Um, and yeah, again, falling in love with that process of approaching, not getting there and doing, you know, everything about you when you arrive in a new place is that anxiety, you don't know anyone. Everything about, about you is like, I want to hibernate in my Airbnb and not do anything. You've got to force yourself to face the fear and do the fucking opposite, which is go headlong into it and just start fucking socializing. Because that's how you get comfortable in the place super fast. That's how you start generating instant dates, dates straight away. And that's how you build that fucking cool experience of a, of a place. That's interesting because I have the opposite thing. Like I cannot sit in my Airbnbs, Airbnb, Airbnb for a first week. Like I usually try to do my first approach like on the way to my Airbnb from the airport. That's right. I man. just have That's to get really it cool. in. I just, I just have to get it in. I have to do the first approach, like to, like, can I dip my, dip my, dip my feet in in the water and see how it goes. I think that's key. I think what you say is key, though. Like, it, you know, if you're doing it as quickly as from the airport, that's brilliant. I think building that momentum straight away is is super key. Uh, I typically wait till the next day, but then it's like, however shit I'm feeling, whatever I'm up to, I hit the gym early and then I'm like, bang, I'm, I'm I'm going out. There's no fucking excuses. There's not something more important to be doing. However much our mind will convince us there is, it's like, no, we fucking get on with it, you know? But I'm yeah. very lucky in the sense that I travel a lot with one other guy, uh, usually, or maybe two guys. Not necessarily stay in the same place, but we're in the same city. So it's so much easier, you know, to generate that momentum. Solo day game is a necessary thing to learn. But I personally prefer to travel with people because it's just so much more fun. You have that banter with them. You're wrecking on each other's energy. Um, you're both going out. You're doubling the amount of chances of, of, of women because you can, you know, he can message his, all his leads saying, hey, I've got a friend. Let's do photo trade of your friends. And, it, and I do the same for them triples the chances of, of going on a date with hot girls. Double dates, it's super yeah. easy to pull girls back to the same house as well. So I personally prefer to go with guys. I'm lucky in the sense that I'm usually always with someone in a location, whether it's a student or another trainer, unless I choose to actively go on my own, which I do sometimes as well, just to push myself, test myself, and also just have some time on my own. It's nice to have that time on my own. So when you are not day gaming, what else is going on? Of course, there's business and, and the, like the business side of things. But what, what does James Task do outside of seducing and banking checks and doing psychedelics? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was, uh, I actually, again, I probably did a lot more approaching when it was just as a hobby. You know, I was still working in my, in my actual city job and I was doing this as a kind of a hobby alongside where I was approaching 50, 60 girls a week every week. I was approaching more then than I think I have done that when I've done it as a professional job. Um, but yeah, I'm into my kickboxing. Um, I'm into the gym, um, language learning. So I'm, I'm brushing up on my Portuguese and my Spanish at the moment, uh, writing a couple more books because it's just, I've realized actually, I've always been against writing books, but I've realized actually, if, as long as I can give value um, 
and I can monetize it, then why the fuck wouldn't I monetize what's in my head? Because it's a win-win for the guy buying it. He gets my knowledge and I get some money. So <laughs> I've started coming around to the idea of writing more books, uh, designing this other product, and then messing around on things like stock market, stuff like that. Those are the main things. Um, I want to do a lot more adrenaline stuff um, and just some other cool stuff next year when I start traveling as long as Corona's opened up. So I still need to do a skydive. I've never done that. Um, I want to shoot some guns when I go to the US. Properly like do a shooting course. Uh, I'm going to do my motorbike license in the next couple of months. Probably buy a bike. Uh, and then next year, yeah, going to do ayahuasca in Peru. Um, which will be cool. Um, have you have you tried anything months. else apart from like you you you're doing ayahuasca next year? Have you if you're willing to talk That's about right. that? Yeah, and let's assume yeah, you sure. were in a I country mean, where it's legal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, recreationally, I've done apart from crack and uh, injecting heroin, I've tried everything. You know, I'm very much about experimenting with life and have some fun. Um, opium was quite fun. Smoking that, you, you have the best night's sleep of all time. Uh, LSD was cool. I really like MDMA, so often, you know, if I go to a big night out, I'll do MDMA and I'll do this thing called candy flipping sometimes, which is you take yeah, a small yeah, bit yeah. of LSD, uh, wait for that to hit, and you, you double the dose up from the MD. Uh, big fan of MDMA and pills, I fucking love them. I love I love music festivals, like those fucking crazy, like, Tomorrowland in Brazil was one of the best festivals I've been to. Like, 100,000 Brazilians, ooh, they're fucking friendly anyway, and they're all taking MD. It's like, fucking hell, this is so good. Uh, psilocybin, I've messed around with microdosing uh, for periods as well, um, which is interesting. Um, definitely makes me more creative, but almost stimulates me too much where I, I'm not actually that focused. Uh, Cambo as well, tried that. Um, I think it's really good for kind of a, a physical cleanse. But yeah, no, the next big one would be ayahuasca. Um, I've wanted to do it for a long time, but like any, like a lot of things in life, it just hasn't kind of lined up every time there's been an issue or something, but I'm 100% going to go to Peru, I think, afterwards. Where did you do yeah. ayahuasca before? Uh, I haven't done ayahuasca. I've done uh, oh. I've done shrooms and uh, acid and uh, M, but no ayahuasca. That's uh, in yeah, the I pictures. Used, I, used I used to do a lot of, uh, a lot of cocaine. So I worked in the city and it was a kind of a job where it was just prevalent, but I fucking hate cocaine. Yeah, I've never done that. Yeah, it's not good. And I don't smoke weed either. I get the same effect from that. I smoked a lot when I was younger, but I don't like it now. It makes me feel yeah. Um But yeah, MD I love. Um, and yeah, I'll send you the details of the place I'm going to go to in Peru for the ayahuasca. It looks quite cool. Yes. I think you do it like seven times over ten days. And you do some, uh, I can't remember what it was, peyote as well. And they throw in like three cambo sessions. Quite an intense, uh, <laughs> intense. Sounds like a disaster, time. man. Seven times. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think from, from from speaking to people who have actually done it though, um, that have gone to one of these kind of retreats, they say that actually the fourth or fifth time is when you get a really kind of deep breakthrough, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're obviously getting affected by it previously, but it really hits you the fourth or fifth day, and you really kind of enter in another domain with it you know, a deeper kind of level, um, which may or may not be true, but I'm just basing it on what guys have told me from, from speaking to them. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. 
it'll be a nice way of uh, getting over Rio Carnival. So going from this craziness to this craziness, very different level. Let's make one thing clear though. We are probably, you agree that we are two really retarded people that do really weird shit in their life. And no one should take advice from us on, on anything else but how to fuck chicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, and, even with that, you know, um, yeah, like, take everything you've heard in the podcast as, uh, as anecdotal from our lives, but not to be recommended necessarily to implement. Yeah, you know, that's the like, disclaimer. We don't want any, any crazy like events really happening. Slippery slope. It's like, especially like things like M, like shit. That thing is that thing can fuck you up if you don't know what you're doing, and even if you do, and it's like that shit is fucking dangerous. I, I mean, I, I I love my I love to have some adventures once in a while, but I save it for very special occasions, for maybe when I need to think something through, or or when I have a really good, but when I, especially when I'm when rolling. It's a drug I highly, highly respect, and I think you should, like, I personally only do it when I know I'm in perfect conditions and some, like, in a setup that will have an amazing, like, I'll have shitload of stuff to do there. Because if there is nothing to do, it's just bad. And I need, like, it's crazy, whether it's nature or something else, it has to be, like, if I'm in a house, uh, middle of nowhere, alone, it's, like, not going to be a good experience. <laughs> I need, I need, I need to take you to Rio Carnival and feed it to you there. Uh, it's, it's well, yeah, that there. would be a place. That would be like the real place for 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 shit like that. Definitely, definitely. Obviously, making sure like I'm really careful with like testing it and and shit like that, or making sure the sources are the right ones because that shit can fuck you up if up if if it's not what you think it is. And I'm really careful with that. But well, I'm I'm stupid, so people shouldn't take advice from me when it comes to substances and. and <laughs> no, absolutely, we're definitely not qualified doctors. That's for sure. We're, we're just. I, I consider myself a degenerate, and, and like I had a guy send me a, send me money like literally today, and I. I messaged him, hey, what what was that for? Because you paid for all the coaching, like what was that? And he's like, oh, that's for like. For stupid shit that you like spend it on stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> you've, done, you've, you've done a good job, man. Yeah, I'm on I'm on a holier than now detox until my birthday. I turned 34 in uh, 20th of November, so I'm going to uh, I'm basically not drinking, not doing anything until then, just training hard, and then I'm going to go absolutely fucking wild. Whether I'm in London or Mexico, have a have a good time. Um, wherever I am, go crazy for one night. Well. I think it's been a fun conversation. It's been a fun conversation. If guys, if guys wanna, if guys like what we spoke about, and, and they wanna, they think, oh, this, this guy, this guy knows what he's talking about. Where should, where should they go? Is there anything you suggest they check out or, or? Well, um, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's been, yeah, I was just gonna say it's been first and foremost a pleasure speaking to you. You seem like a really switched on guy, and I can just tell as well when guys know what they're talking about straight away. And you're obviously just a cool guy to speak to. So maybe you know, and this is there's no promises, but maybe the viewers would get excited if we did like a joint event at some stage around the world at some stage. That'd be quite cool. So I'm sure they'd be able to leverage both our kind of knowledge. So maybe that's something for us to talk about off camera, but. Yeah, if guys want to check me out, head over to my YouTube channel, James Tusk. Um, 
loads of free content on there around day game and dating. Get in touch with me, send me an email info at jamestuff.com or head over to my website, www.jamesuff.com and just we're doing free consultations so you just get activation forms fill out. You book them and can for your start and we hop on board and I'll figure out if and how I can help you solve whatever dating issue you've got. Big emphasis on teaching guys to hold approach because again, like we talked about, when guys have that abundance of just being able to go out and speak to women at a doctor hat and with intent, knowing what to do, fucking creates avenues, doesn't it? Um, in terms of like a program that I recommend, and there's one I've released recently called the Approach Accelerator, which is basically 10 weeks, uh, teaches you everything you need to know about approaching. It's an online course. You get given videos each week of me demoing and then telling you what you need to do. And then there's a group of like six guys doing it together, the 10 week course, and I'm on the group with you on WhatsApp. And each day I'm kicking your ass, you're asking me questions. And so it's been super effective to get guys basically competent with the cult approach within 10 weeks and avoid the whole process of them teaching themselves from YouTube to kind of piece it together. It's everything you need to know, nothing more. And it's been holding you accountable and giving you a step-by-step implementing plan. So that's been super effective. That cost me £300. So in the grand scheme of things, fuck all. If I, if, if I was, and I always put myself when I designed this program in the shoes, if, if I was at the beginning of my journey, at what product would I like to see? That's how I design this. If I could fix my fucking approach issues for £1,500, I would have paid that in a heartbeat instead of doing a live coaching course, which, as you said, the problem with doing a weekend boot camp is, yeah, you're a hero for a fucking weekend, and then guess what? You go back home, and you're nothing again. This course is different. You do it where you are, whichever home city you're in, um, and by the end of the 10 weeks, you built it into a habit, so it is something you are, not something you do, and that's the point, you know, and that's been the most effective way I've guys recently, so we can talk about that. And yeah, man, I'd just like to say, really cool speaking to you, really intelligent kind of uh, interview, and I think it genuinely has guys, given guys a lot of value. I think we share a lot of the same similarities and actually how we view this stuff, which is cool, because I had no preconceptions. I hadn't really looked at your stuff before uh, this, because I wanted to go in with kind of no agenda and just see what it would be about. Uh, but it's been really cool, and I, I hope you guys will appreciate that it's, it's given me some value as well. I hope so. Well, it's been fun. Thanks a lot for for doing this. Maybe another time when there is a new topic apart from life after game, we will repeat this. Yeah, absolutely. When we find a good topic. Feel free, man. Feel free to get back in touch. I'm, I'm more than happy to another chat again. It's been, I think it's, it's, it's good stuff and it gives guys value. So that's all that matters, really. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for doing this. 